Hi, everyone, and welcome to AB Conversations, where we will help you CFP your way out of it, a podcast where you get into the minds of a couple certified financial planners on how we think and feel about everyday financial planning questions and what should really matter most to you. A healthier financial life starts now. Hey, Adam, how are you today? Don't even need a response. We're jumping right into <laughs> that. We have... So much. <laughs> you look like you were still just going to keep talking, so I kept my mouth shut. Absolutely. I would talk. Okay, cool. I, so now we know I, how this I, podcast is going to go. <laughs> we have, this is going to be jam-packed, so I want to give ourselves as much time as we can, and I need Sounds to great. start it, need to start it with a very important question for you. Pop mm. quiz, pop quiz. What's the hardest thing for adults to talk about? Politics, mm. health, dying. Family finances? Sure. All of the above. Come on. We're on a financial podcast. 44% of people say Money. Family finances is the hardest thing for them to talk about. I, I get that like money's a tricky thing. Um, but what I really want to harp on today is why we need to help people like force those conversations to a certain degree. Um, because avoidance can lead to trouble. And I think if there's one thing that we have learned and getting really close with our clients and like feeling like we're a part of the family dynamic. Um, not talking about these things really leads to more headaches. And there's a way that I think we can, we can help start those conversations. So yeah, let's call it, you know, breaking the ice and talking finances with family. Yeah. I told you, stuff. I told you jam packed. Let's do it. Where do you want to begin? Oh man. So when we first started thinking about this as a topic, um, my mind immediately went to obviously being the younger generation, right? Thinking of us sharing with older family members, right? So it's either your, your parents, grandparents, and trying, trying to get a feel for what they have established and what they yeah. have set up just to make sure that, like you said, we've certainly, and this is maybe a little bit biased because we're, this is what we do for a living, but just making sure that they kind of have their I's dotted and their T's crossed. So that, like you said, if in the absence of that avoidance is not necessarily a strategy um, yeah. and that it can, it, we've seen enough times where not having things set up in advance can lead to many, many uh, unfriendly dominoes. Um, so even just starting that conversation um, I think you have to come from a, uh, an aspect of empathy and respect and just yeah. trying to understand the situation um, and just hoping to make things, uh, I was going to say better, but yeah. that's assuming they don't have things set up. So it's funny because you thought about the, the conversation going up to maybe the generation before us when I was thinking more like the conversations that go down. Um, mm -hmm. But here's the beauty of that. I think it's, it's still the same theme of whether you talk about these things or not, in a, in a healthy family dynamic, you're all in it together anyway. Yeah, right? it's a great point. If mo to your point, if mom and dad need long-term care, how are you and maybe your siblings going to help deal with that? Um, yeah. If there is some sort of inheritance and nothing's really been worked out, guess what? You're now thrown into figuring that out if mom and dad have not truly documented things or started some sort of conversation on what's important. I mean, 
how many stories do we know about a sibling that wanted a family heirloom and nothing was discussed mm -hmm. and now these two people haven't talked in 10 years. Um, yeah. Loans, joint responsibilities. They're just, there's so many things that if you don't talk about it, it doesn't mean it gets solved. So I think it's really important to find that way to have those conversations. Um, because even worse than that, if everybody's kind of thinking about it and you're not discussing it, <laughs> there is there is probably some sort of loss of connection. There's a loss of trust sure. there that's just yeah. happening. Um, yeah. all to all to avoid what I know will will maybe be an awkward conversation. Yeah, I think it's it's that fear of of friction. And I certainly know that. Um, you know, of not not wanting to overstep, you know, those potential boundaries. Um, and even thinking of of the way that you're viewing it, viewing it from you know the parents down, if it's you know adult children, it can still be that even I mean, <clears throat> I will always be my parents' child, but right. at a certain point, right? I have my own kids. I think at a certain point, it's it becomes a little uh, dicier to try to input or to you know put on them, hey, here's what you should be doing even if it's coming from a place of love and understanding and just wanting the best for somebody, yep. um, it, it is still a very tricky conversation to be had. Um, and right. that friction, that, that friction um, can expand itself. And to your point, it, it can make the relationship in general um, a little less than healthy. So I'd start here then. If, if, if part of this podcast can now turn into what are the ways that we can help people either start yes. that conversation or, hey, by the way, maybe we can take some of that off their plate. Yeah. Start with the common ground, right? We, we've seen this um, usually with inheritances, uh, maybe when it, if, it's, if it's business proceeds. I think the stat is something like 70 to 80% of family wealth is lost by the second generation. Hmm. Um, yeah. So I think if you start from the common ground of, hey, maybe we're not comfortable talking about this, but the goal is to keep the family wealth, which means not all taxable or not all lost to a state law or not all going to some nursing home, then yeah. let's start the conversation on what are the things that we can do collectively together to start to avoid some of those things. And that's just, hint, hint, a little education, right? Yeah. Whether the younger, whether the child has the education for the parent or the parent wants to start to educate the child, com the common ground right there is keeping it in the family through education. Yeah, and I think oftentimes, and again, it can go both directions, up and down the generation spectrum. It's, we certainly run across enough individuals that just wouldn't feel confident enough with just the knowledge base to be able to talk through a lot of those things, right? If, if you just don't, again, we do this on a daily basis. So we, we are qualified to have, you know, those conversations and see kind of all sides, but that in and, in and of itself can be kind of a, a roadblock up front of, well, I don't know what to tell my parents to do if, if I'm still trying to work it out myself. Yeah. Um, but I think the, the number one step is for whoever, just to document what do you want to have happen and oftentimes that's like the first domino to fall and that often is is it's usually like later in life right when it comes to estate planning documenting you know wills power of attorney the living health director sure. those type of things 
but beyond that, even just what you said, right? If it's the family heirloom or, or where do we want the, the house to go? Just documenting that is step number one, I think, at least in my head. And then to your point, I think once that's kind of all laid out, get some professionals involved or even just have that first step, have some professionals involved yeah. to be able to start to piece these things together. And we can help point out, here's something to, to think about or to avoid. This is okay. This may need some work. And just, again, being holistic planners, yep. we yep. can see that whole picture where I think if you're just in it, right, and it's your family, it's hard to see the forest from the trees. Yeah, so that was actually my second one, and you, you hit on it well. If the first one is find the common ground, maybe that's education. By the way, same bloodlines, you probably have some of the same traits and values, so like starting the conversation <laughs> hopefully isn't too hard. But yeah, my second mm. was hire a professional, not only to maybe take some of it off of you, but here's the reality. My kids don't like hearing stuff from me. Mm-hmm. You could tell them the same exact thing that I would tell them and they'd receive it better from you. And I think about yeah. that thing, that stuff with my parents too. It, it has a different feel to it if I'm the one making certain suggestions or things. Sure. If it was some sort of other professional, maybe it comes from um, just a, a different place of care. Um, it doesn't come with any other preconceived notions or any other baggage, right? So I think there's a role for a professional, not only with the education piece, but just to be the one communicating it may be really helpful. Yeah. So let that be the let that be the way to break the ice. Yeah. Okay, I've got a third one. I'll tie right back into it. Um, okay. Understand the value that there is in kind of not only taking ownership for your decisions, but having like collective accountability. Mm -hmm. um, I know it's not comfortable, and maybe this is why parents wouldn't want to do this with kids, or maybe kids don't want to do this with parents. But right. I've, we've all had our own experiences where we've seen something that didn't work. Maybe it's something we did. Maybe it's a coworker. Maybe it's an extended friend, whoever it is. Oftentimes when we hear people like going too far with wanting to give other people education, it's because mm -hmm. they've seen something and go, well, that didn't work. So you want to make sure you do it this way, or this is the right. way that you need to do it. Um, yeah. I think it's, I think it's important to talk about these things with families so that people can learn from other people's mistakes. Yeah, that, that one, uh, we've said that many times. I've heard you say that so many times in meetings, right? What better way, ra rather than learn from your own mistakes, learn from someone else's mistakes. Yeah, right, right. That's the way to do it. <laughs> Ideally, <laughs> and sure. I, and I, I, think, I think about that when we're trying to present new information for, uh, I guess I'm defaulting to parents maybe being stubborn or resistant to certain things yeah. in the same way that, my kids would be stubborn or irresistant mm -hmm. to me suggesting something that they've never thought of. Um, well, what can we do? We can present it in a way that is, here's what worked or hasn't worked based on these set of circumstances. So I guess that does come back to education, but I think learning from others' mistakes, ownership accountability is really that third pillar of like why these conversations need to happen. Yeah, and I guess it's it's a similar a similar pitfall with just you know, planning and, and financial advice in general is, you know, what, what may have worked for the family friend or your neighbor or your coworker may not apply to your family and their situation, right? It's, we often say, always say, financial planning is, a, is an individualized process. Not everyone's situation is identical. 
So even learning from someone else's mistakes, while that's great, it still has to apply to your situation correctly um, to have that actually be a, you know, a correlation. Yes, agree wholeheartedly. Great. Number Next. four, my last <laughs> one. Um, I don't know. Let's share some examples of where there's been like power and efficiency when you have really good teamwork happening between different generations, right? The first one that pops into my mind um, comes to kind of like really detailed estate planning, you know, where there's mm -hmm. different assets. Um, some assets may be income taxable, some may not. Hey, there's a family property. Maybe there's a second property. Like the I love you will. I know we talk about yeah. this at nauseum. The I love you will of everything's equal to my kids. Well, now all three of them own a property. And by the way, only one of them wants it. Mm -hmm. You know, so now what do they got to do? We got to go through bill of sale. We got to go through transfer taxes, real estate issues, all where a conversation on the front end might have went, okay, you're going to receive this and you're going to receive this and you're going to receive this and everybody's happier and everything's more efficient and the lawyers and the government weren't a fourth beneficiary of your estate. You just have yeah. to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, an, um, that's an awesome one because yes, it, we've said it. Maybe you just said this and I stopped listening. Fair is not always equal. Thank you. <laughs> equal is not always fair. But yes, when it comes down to that type of thing, potentially having that uncomfortable conversation on the front end far outweighs having to clean up a mess after the fact. And you said yep. it too. The implications from you know the the IRS, the tax perspective estate taxes just all of all of Gifting, these hands yeah, in the pot yeah that that don't necessarily have to be if you're able to kind of work things out in advance that's that's a that's a great one we see it with grandparents and 529s you know check yeah. out our podcast on that where teamwork maybe you know find some greater efficiencies there i've been thinking you know more about the questions we get around transferring assets out of parents name so yep. that the five-year look back on clawing back assets from a gifting rule and long-term care and um, yeah. you know Medicare rules that that's one that pops up every now and then that takes conversation on the front end and what about private loans right now Ooh, yeah right uh, I'm not I'm saying th this I guess that would be a specific situation but if you think about the interest rate loan environment not being great people are switching jobs out of jobs maybe you've got mom and dad who are really conservative investors who would mm -hmm. be happy to, happy to give a well-documented 4%, 5% loan to their kids who can't qualify for one, right. right? Where teamwork worked for everybody. So there's, yes. there's examples yeah. where talking money might benefit everyone. Yeah, it, it, it ultimately comes down to, right? Our, our role as planners is to kind of think ahead and again, just try to perceive some of these things that may be coming down and, and avoid them. But yes, it's, it, there is far more benefit to being proactive. And we've said this before too, that the amount of flexibility that you have when you're being proactive versus some of your options potentially being taken, taken away if you're simply yeah. reacting to a situation, again, as uncomfortable as it may be, um, it, it is, in our experience, it is well worth um, at least starting that process. And especially in our instance, including a financial professional, whether that's an attorney, an accountant, certainly us as financial planners, be able to see that whole picture. 
let us be that middleman. Let us break that ice. Yeah. Um, and be the, be the conduit for that conversation and maybe take some of that friction out of it. And just let us know ahead of time. Are we playing good cop or bad cop? Right. <laughs> or is I ben, need to know. Yeah. <laughs> or we can play both. <laughs> uh, dibs on good cop. Um, Fine. No, but <laughs> truly, I think, I think you did say that well. There, there's certainly a role for us here. And, and more often than not, when we meet our clients for the first time and we ask what's really important to them, and they talk about family, like you can hear it in their voice, what they care about, what they wanna see happen in the future, what they wanna make sure is avoided. And all of that comes from a really good place. I know the conversation isn't the comfortable part, but you gave all those reasons why it's really good to just break that ice. Cause once you break the ice, conversation will flow and we can absolutely aid in that. So I hope this was helpful. I hope so too. Thank you for your uh, assistance in the conversation yet again, Adam. Uh, my pleasure. We'll see you next time. Okay, bye. Hey, everyone. Adam and I really appreciate you tuning in. Please note that the opinions we voiced in the show are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific recommendations for any individual. To determine which strategies or investments may be most appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, your accountant, and financial advisor or tax advisor prior to making any decisions or investing. Thanks for listening.